0: You're listening to episode 129 with Belinda Norton. I am so excited for this episode because we have never recorded an episode like this before. And Belinda is a super dear friend of mine. We are talking all about how to support our teens and tweens through menarche, their first period. As parents, how can we support them? As parents, how can we understand and support ourselves through the process and then as teens and tweens how can you ask questions to your parents guardians or teachers or other adult role models in your life so the reason why I got Belinda on the show to talk about this is one she's a beautiful friend of mine and she was the first person I thought of when I wanted to have this conversation you see Belinda and I have known each other for a very long time we actually talk about this in this episode but Belinda is 44 and she has two beautiful children and one boy, one girl. Now she personally knows a lot about this transition of menarchy and supporting teens and tweens through menstruation because she is a school teacher in health and physical education. So she is also not just a school teacher that works with health and health. here in Australia we call it PE really but health and fit ed but she's also a clean foodie and recipe creator she's a motivational speaker she's an author of five different books and she currently works full-time as a school teacher teaching year six now we talk a lot about Teaching and working in the school system and how the school supports menstruation But this whole episode is dedicated in helping you either as a parent or helping you either as a teen or tween Learn about this journey of menarche So throughout this episode we talk about how you can teach your children about menstrual cycles Whose responsibility is it when it comes to menstrual education? Is it yours as a parent or is it the school's? Who knows? We talk about this in this episode. We talk about some of the most common questions that teens and tweens ask about menstruating. We talk about how you can bridge the gap as a teen or tween to ask adult people around you, like parents, guardians or role models, about how to learn more about your body or if you feel confused about your body. B gives such beautiful guidance around this and it's a really simple way you can do it we also talk about how you can welcome in these conversations in your household how as a parent or a guardian you can start to open up about these conversations in multiple ways so that we can ultimately support our children b also shares a little bit about her journey as a mom through supporting her daughter through her first period of menarche journey and also how she supports her daughter in really feeling comfortable and confident in her body this is an episode that all parents need to listen to and all teens and tweens need to listen to so we can start opening up raw and open conversations about this topic of menarchy. if you have any questions whilst you're listening to this podcast please type them out and hit reply uh, by sending me an email or reply to the newsletter you learned this podcast episode was in or even over on instagram i would love to hear from you but speaking of instagram make sure you go and check out belinda whilst we're going through this episode you're gonna love her feed it's belinda.n.x on instagram all right let's jump into this episode with belinda Today's episode is brought to you by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. Are you new to getting to know your own menstrual cycle? Would you like to understand it in a better way and know how to live as a cyclical woman? Well, this is the simplified self-paced course for you. It teaches you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week, receive daily educational class videos and audios along with the action steps a cycle tracking guide cycle prompts and my love your cycle 50 page ebook and audiobook this is your chance to discover everything you wish they had taught you at school about your cycle how to eat how to move honoring your emotions and identifying pms and cycle science before they arise it's now your turn to join over 500 women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies and you can do this too in an un- a week for less than a fancy vegan burger to learn more visit wellsome.com forward slash shop and to thank you for being a listener of the show use the code cycle love to save 20% off be Belinda welcome to the show
1: oh thank you so much Gemma love just love 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 talking to you
0: I was and I didn't mentioned this before we hit record, because we've been chatting for a while before we hit record. I was just thinking this morning, how long have I known
1: you? Oh my goodness, I think like, you were 18 when I first met you.
0: Have to has to have been. Yeah. Because for those who are listening, Belinda, if you don't know who Belinda is, there is a link in the show notes to go and check her out on Instagram. <laughs> but B and I met at the gym. this is yes, many do. moons ago before <laughs> I quit the gym, which yes. is another whole story altogether, and that's okay, too totally fine and at the time i was also working as a photographer mm-hmm. and i took some beautiful photos of you and your kids you sure and did. god that feels like a lifetime ago it was and a
1: lifetime ago
0: <laughs> i was just thinking this morning about like how far and how much growth individually we've had as just people and how much our lives have changed and transformed and I feel really blessed to have you as a friend. I know I don't get to see you heaps, but I love seeing you online and just having you as like a member of my life. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, I, th- I thank you for it. I love sending emojis to you constantly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the emoji world.
1: Um, <laughs> so
0: before we dive into it, tell us what day of your cycle are you on and how are you checking in in this
1: moment? Okay. Well, I think I'm about a week and a half away from bleeding. And um, so you can tell me further details onto that. However, because I'm 44 this year, I have noticed a big change in my body. So Mm -hmm. it's not exactly on time, on cycle as to what I'm very much used to. So you can tell me all the details about that. Okay. I'm actually, I have chills in my body right now thinking Ah. about this. So
0: roughly on estimate you're probably you're in your in autumn phase or you're just Mm. post ovulation you probably like post that high libido like got it girl Beyonce kind of phase in in your cycle (laughs) where you feel like I fucking (laughs) owe this (laughs) so I love this people get really scared about menopause you know I find a lot of women are just really fearful of this transition but it's Mm. just a beautiful transition especially when you know your body how does it feel for you this is not what, what we're going to be talking about today yeah, but no
1: that's like how
0: does it feel for you in your body knowing that you're entering this next menstrual transitional phase of your life?
1: interesting and um, because I do know my body so well mm. previously being an athlete you are attuned to every tiny detail change twinge tweak to everything and especially within my menstrual cycle um, and then now it's sort of a surprise I must say because, some days I will feel highly energised and the days that I would normally feel highly energised and then now I don't on those days around. Um, there's obviously a lot of pelvic floor changes now as um, I've aged, which has been difficult, I think, and the ch- mo- the biggest challenge. Mm. Um, but then everything else, I've softened a lot in my body. I've really noticed um. The water retention. I've really noticed that my muscles have changed, and I've noticed my pelvis and the shape of my core has changed a lot, probably in the last four years. So since turning so fascinating. forty, fascinating. Yeah.
0: Now you went to you went to New York for your fortieth with Emma, didn't you? I sure did. Yeah, <laughs> I, do. I remember. I remember this. <laughs> oh, um, I'll never that
1: forget that. That feels
0: like just yesterday, literally. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Not that so, any of um, us are going to New York anytime soon with COVID going around, right? So sad. So sad. Mm. That place is amazing. <sighs> it
1: mm. makes me really
0: thankful that all the travel that we have been able to do before this new world kind of came in. I yeah, um, totally agree. Totally different topic to what we're going to be talking about today. But I think that that topic of transitions through menopause is something that maybe we can explore in your podcast. Yeah, um, definitely. Potentially in the future because... There's a lot of fear around it, but there's also a lot of fear around menarche and our first period and Mm -hmm. what the topic is we're going to be talking about. And it's interesting, I'll I'll maybe share on this later in the episode, but the transitions between menopause and menarche are actually very similar. Yeah. So before we jump into it, people are like, who the fuck is Belinda? So tell us, who are you? What is it that you do? Tell me about your life, even though I already know about it, but tell us.
1: Sure. Okay, um, I'm a 44 year old mum, a single mum of two teenagers, one 16, one 14. Um, I'm a health and physical edu- education teacher trained. So I've been teaching for uh-huh, 17 years now. Um, but I'm also an author of. Um, five different books, um, being the latest one called Fit Mama. Um, and you could have bought that worldwide, ebooks everywhere. Um, I'm also a PT and I've also done training within nutrition and massage and everything around the body. I love the body and I love looking at all the variations and parts of how I can best help women to achieve their best body in very, you know, in, in a variety of ways, but in a balanced mm. way for their families. That's the key.
0: And I think you miss the fact that you were just like an amazing cook too. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you just like bypassed like one of the biggest platforms of your Instagram. Um,
1: it's like amazing oh, food. Yeah. Oh, but no, you should have tried that soup. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's delicious. what we should be eating.
0: <laughs> Especially now because it's raining today and we're recording yeah. this whilst we're in lockdown. So that's yeah. definitely exactly. a lockdown food. <laughs> yeah. um, but for those who don't know, Belinda and I, like I said, we met at the gym and I in my stage of my life, I was I felt quite young then and I was like a constant gym flogger. Like I really flogged myself at the gym. I'd go twice a day, we'd go to the same Mm -hmm. cycle classes. I miss (laughs) cycle class.
1: I miss you at the cycle class. By the way, Gemma has the most phenomenal flexibility you have ever seen in your entire life. This woman has legs to her armpits and beyond. and you should see her flex it up like I was in awe I'd sit on my bike like just this old school triathlete watching her
0: (laughs) total awe (laughs) I still feel mobile but I feel like that was my younger flexible days and now I'm like a different (laughs) yogi flexible but um, tell us I, I, I would love for you to share because you've got such a beautiful journey of how you became this I guess you could say beautiful woman in this world of health that other women look up to and other women really use you as a role model I don't know whether use is the right word but look up to as a role model because everyone has a journey and I know yours is really really beautiful having seen you before you are on who you are now versus who you are now so how did you become this fit mama in the sense of how did you really evolve
1: as just a school teacher who was a mom with kids Mm, to where you are today well the main part of it was I I, I'd noticed first of all after having kids that I became quite like overweight a bit frumpy lost my way I had all the knowledge base previously I was a professional athlete with triathlons I trained all the time so I knew my body very well except after kids I'd noticed I had no idea what to do anymore I'd lost my energy I'd lost my motivation and um and probably sort of you sort of give away to just letting your body go with I'm just a mom now, I'm just going to do this. Um, And so from there, I decided, no, I'm going to go back and look at everything because I wasn't feeling well within my body. I, I noticed it wasn't functioning well, lacked flexibility, et cetera, et cetera. So then I went back to restudy the parts that I wanted to, and I decided, no, I'm going to get extra fit again. And so I just began the process of getting as fit as I possibly could. But the key to everything that I'd ever done was all around alignment. I'd really noticed after giving birth that my alignment had changed a lot. And so I started working on that as the focus, which then brought me into creating new meals. I'd also noticed that the food that I was eating previously actually wasn't wasn't helping me in any way or fueling me in the best way possible. So then I went into talking to as many people as I possibly could about the best type of fuel for my body. From there, um, once I'd you know found where I really needed to be within myself, everybody wanted to know how I did that. So that's how I wrote um, and began um, BeliveWare.com and started my first book, which was um, Be Body Boost. Um, and then from there onwards, I, I've just shared my journey with as many people as I could. But the most people, I think the, the exact reason why I really started sharing it was because parents at school of the children that I taught really needed to know how I'd done this. Because it, and that was the biggest thing, the mums, they were like, but how did you do that around kids? Um, because I'd always trained with my two children um, from birth you know, with the pram, we'd do the different things you together and cook together. Really yeah. Did. yeah. yeah. And so from cooking together and training together every single morning, you know, you start that routine and you start those new habits. And, and my kids don't know any different. They only know that this is how we do things, but it's about staying well for life. It's not about being competitive and I really, I really don't go down that track at all with any children that I teach or with any women that I teach. You don't need to compete. It's really about just fueling yourself right and training right for alignment. And then if you feel mm-hmm. like you need extra motivation, that's the only competition. You're competing against yourself only. That's it. True.
0: Totally true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing that because I do know that you know that it's the it's kind of like a common paradigm where. Mothers just be like, oh, well, this was the next transition of my body. You know, Mm -hmm. I've given birth, I've, you know, grown children and now I'm Mm -hmm. helping them grow themselves. And this is just, you know, their bodies is more important than my body, but your body's actually really still important. So thank you because I feel that there's going to be a lot of um, women and parents listening to this. So both males and females are going to benefit from this episode that you can relate to where B is because you've been there. Yeah. And something that I absolutely love about you is you just have the most amazing personality and attentive way of teaching. And that's not just to adults, but
1: that's also to children. And that's what makes you a great school teacher, right? Oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I just, uh, yeah, I just, I just love helping people. I really mm. want everybody to be the best they possibly can and not in a hard way because it's looking after yourself isn't really hard. It's made out to seem like it is, but it's just true. about it's listening to your body. We've become so numb within ourselves, and if we just started listening to how we felt and feeling those things, and that's all about that being present within yourself. Oh, mm-hmm. we could go down there forever. <laughs> we can, okay. We're going to have to record, record like five episodes for this. <laughs> um, but it, this is so true. And
0: you have two amazing kids. Um, they feel so big to me when I see them because yeah, I, I knew how now. small they once were. <laughs> But you've got an amazing daughter and I would love to transition to the topic for today's episode, which is all about menstruation for teens and tweens. It's something that I'm really passionate about in teaching schools about kids that, you know, really deserve to receive period ed, not just sex ed, but there's a lot of challenge in like whose role is it to be able to actually teach this stuff. So We'll get into like your journey of how you taught your daughter as a mother about menstruation and the, the process of becoming a menstrual woman. Yeah.
1: But what is it that you see in schools around menstrual education? Well, the, the beginnings of the conversation normally start in year six, which I think is terrible because we are not allowed to start speaking about it until they do health education so there's offerings of sex education but then you don't really get the turn up rate Mm. you know a lot of a lot of parents now really um allow the internet to teach their kids how to do so many things Mm -hmm. um whether it be time poor um whether it be uncomfortable uh whatever it is but also kids these days want to research for themselves they're really interested in every little detail about it so they want to find out and so they want to come in also with a bravado of you already know yeah like like i'm so yeah like like i learned that last week i don't know what you're talking about i already know Uh, yeah yeah i already know that (laughs) yeah and and that's what and that's how they go in with this very big ego but then you start Openly discussing it. So even my daughter, she will, she will come and yeah, um, yeah, I already, I already know that part. And I'm like, okay, well, can you re-explain that to me? And of course, that's when the gaps come in, and that's where the stuttering. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, no. Well, with my daughter, it's very, um, very open. And both of my children, we've talked about our bodies from every detail. You know, from even when they were a baby. Um, and even a toddler at um, learning how to go to the toilet, um, toileting from that age, it was always very much celebrated. So, for example, you were celebrated if you do a wee, and you were celebrated if you did a poo. And it was like, yeah, did you do a poo? That's so good. You know, you don't want your kids to be scared of anything. So, yep. with Mika, when she first got her per- her periods, will she Hope you don't sort mind of this Minks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> mom. Yeah, you published um, that on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, can't believe it. Um, I think it was um a very exciting time because she was well informed about everything that was going to happen. You know, mm. you could tell the difference in in her shape, um, with her breasts, um, as they were growing. Um, you could tell within the pubic hair, etc. So you knew it was very much body. coming on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, for those who are
0: listening who are overseas and don't live in Australia like we do what age bracket is
1: year six? So year six is 11 to 12 years. Okay. So, so this is the
0: end of what we call in Australia primary schools really, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, as you, you may have noted already, you know, these children now are very much developing probably from about 10 years old. Early, early. What is the youngest... You know, you're the year, you're the year six teacher here.
0: What is the youngest you've heard of of women and well, I guess teens or tweens menstruating? So um, when
1: I was teaching year four a few years ago, we had a little girl get her periods in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, at and how how old's that? So year four, that's
0: like six. what eight? Ten. Ten. And ten. So the earliest my mum's a teacher's aide, and the earliest that I've that she shared with me in a primary school, but also I've actually heard this from students themselves in yeah. high schools is as young as seven. Oh yeah and there's a lot we won't go into why that is and why we're menstruating younger and why we're going into menopause earlier but it's all about supporting and how can we educate and mm. share that important information mm. one as parents communicating with other parents mm. and then also parents communicating with children and also schools communicating with children because this is a big transition yeah. so I love that you are open with your kids I, I I love seeing that too
1: yeah yeah well you need to be they're right. they're living in a very informed world and if they don't know it they're going to go and seek the information from someone someone else totally. and who better to share the information than the own parent because it's just true you know it's it's creating that trust that mm-hmm. great relationship where you're managing their life for the future exactly. yeah couldn't have said that any better.
0: I would love to know, how old were you when you started menstruating? I was 15 and a half. I was
1: late. I was a late bloomer. Yeah, I, yeah, I would have been at least 15, I think. Also, okay. I think I think the amount of sport had a lot to do with mine for sure. Maybe me too.
0: I did a lot of I haven't really I thought about why I was late. But I was,
1: yeah, I did a lot of sport. Um, was Mika early, like earlier than that? um yeah so she was 13 okay so a few years
0: earlier so interestingly if you're listening to this and you are a teen or a tween or early menstrual years reach out to your mom or reach out Mm. to an auntie if you don't have your mom around and ask like how old were you when you started menstruating and it's very interesting to learn I guess the progression in your family Mm. um, and whether there's any whether there's any links there so that's one of the reasons why I asked yeah. Now, when in schools, how does this let's just talk about the schooling system? Of sure. How the school educates on menstruation. So normally, you said it's around the year six that it kind of is introduced. Mm-hmm. And so, what does that include? Is that in a separate class as menstrual education? Is it in with
1: sex education? Like, how does that work? So it's within the health program now. So being a health and physical education teacher, we do it in the program there. So um, we talk about personal development. We go through. We go through up to sex education, and then so we talk about all the body parts from there, and we talk about what periods are. We talk about and we talk, we just go through the naming of um, sex education, but we don't all actually talk about sexual intercourse because mm-hmm. we're not allowed to. Yeah, it may be a little bit different um, in a non-religious for me being. School? In a, yeah being a religious school because we only have like a a certain part that we can go to but it is very open like we do it together so do it co-ed rather than splitting them up because they both need to know about each other's bodies which is a great way to do it Mm. obviously you know there's kids who are very uncomfortable being in a religious school um, and talking about that but then there's others who know a lot and there's others who are you know with one of the girls in the room for example so you've got you've got such an expanse in experience for young children nowadays i think from the like the era that we were in school hmm.
0: Gender was very different, and identity mm-hmm. and how we identified with ourselves was very different as to what it is today and very open. I've taught in schools where I've taught just with the female menstruators, mm-hmm. but there's also been transitional children, so girls yes. transitioning to boys who still yes. menstruate, who identify as yes. male, and then born males who are transitioning to female, who identify as female, and. They come into the class even though they don't menstruate they come into the class to learn about the cycle and to learn about what other you know um, women who identify as women are going through so that they can be a part of that transitional cycle too which i think is beautiful mm, like mm, it makes me so excited all right so that's good to know about how it's taught in schools because i think mm-hmm. there's a lot of miseducation, education misunderstanding on how it's actually taught in schools Mm. Now, is there any guidance in the schooling system here in Australia given to parents on how, on how to teach their, their own children?
1: Yeah, so there's various programs offered after school or evenings um, and then we also put in various links or opportunities for parents to go and talk to specific professionals about mm-hmm. different ways to, um, you know, have a chat with their kids about sex and their bodies and... Um, very rarely, though, is it taken up, um, which is really sad because I think that everybody can help one another in this in this different journey, I think, for the kids at the moment. But, um, yeah, that's the only way that we can do it. Awesome.
0: Now, I've got my own view on this question, but I want to yeah. ask you, whose role is it? Is it the school's role to teach our young menstruators about menstruating or is no. it the parents' role?
1: No, it's definitely the parent's role. And we need to be able to talk about it openly every single day about our kids' bodies, about our own bodies, about our changes, about our moods, about every detail. It stops. It then obviously helps kids with anxiety around any type of subject that they need to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the moment, we are seeing such a rise in mental health because kids can't communicate how they're feeling anymore. That's got a that's got a whole lot. And I could go into so Not much. About, episode. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. But it does have to do with, you know, how we're speaking to one another at the moment. Well, lack of speaking mm-hmm. to one another because everyone's got their head in a phone. Um, but definitely the parents. <laughs> everyone's got their head up their ass. That's also true. But <laughs> also in phone. their phone. <laughs> um, but definitely it's great for them to then go to school so with a second part of it and to, for them to feel like everybody's in the same place as them because obviously as a child you're speaking to a parent and you know it might be a bit awkward talking about that with mom or dad depending on yeah. who it is um but then when they're with their you know with their peers and they're in a classroom then they've got each other to bounce off because they're like oh yeah you know about that or or whatever it is so I think it definitely needs both yeah they need to come in with some type of knowledge and education before they hit that zone because it's too much.
0: That's fantastic. I strongly believe it's a parent's role, not a school's role. And mm. that obviously also depends on the type of school that your child goes to because there's different versions of schooling. And yeah, like that's another whole story. But yeah, ultimately, I feel that it is the parent's role, but there's a huge challenge that's going on today where one, think about it for yourself. Mm. So you're 44. When you started menstruating,
1: did you get the period ed at home class from your mum? no. No, I had to, no, I had to work it pretty much out myself. Neither. Like I it, didn't. I yeah. didn't. Either. And, yeah. and even learning how to put a tampon in. Like, whoa. let's not even talk about that lesson
0: with them with me. that was next <laughs> level. They have tampon applicators. Two years after using tampon, discovers this. Um, yeah. See, that was the same with me. I didn't really mm. get. I think mum had a talk with me, but it wasn't educational. It was very nope. much like this is where the pads are, and this is what you use if this. Yes. Happens. Now then, there's a lot of young teenagers that I see in school who are a bit frustrated that their parents haven't had this conversation. Now, mm. I just, I just want you to think about not you, but the people listening. I want you to think about this. Belinda's mum and my mum clearly didn't teach us the full education of the cycle because mm. they only know what they know and they themselves mm-hmm. didn't know mm-hmm. so were they even taught and so if you if you go back two generations mm-hmm. even three generations the mm. menstrual cycle was extremely shamed and tabooed absolutely and it was something that was not talked about and it was really mm-hmm. hidden and you know no one even discussed that it happened Mm-mm. and so we're at this new era of time where we have rights to talk about things that aren't talked about and people want mm-hmm. to talk about the shamed and
1: taboo mm-hmm. topics.
0: I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health and how to reconnect with your body. Every month our Well Women Access members only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other. Not to mention, it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to welsom.com forward slash academy. That's Wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. So if you were listening to this and you feel really angry, and I get a lot of people who come to my workshops yeah. or retreats who are angry that they didn't know this earlier and they're in their 40s or they're in their late 30s and they're like, how the fuck was I not taught this? Yeah. You only know what you know and mm-hmm. you, your parents, aren't. it's not their fault. There's no guides to teach parents how to teach
1: this stuff, right? No, 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 there aren't. So there should what, be. <laughs> they should, yeah, and so I'm working on that. But what
0: <laughs> my question would be what guidance would you give to a fellow parent who's like, fuck, I was never taught about my cycle when I was a kid. How am I going to teach my child? You know, it'd be like, you know, I was not taught how to fish when I was a kid, so how would I teach my kids how to fish?
1: Well, obviously. Well, this is where we need to go and seek the knowledge for ourselves first, so then we are giving them the exact way to do it. Or, for example... we're so lucky that we have you doing this because then they can come and listen to you and gain the knowledge required and then they can go forward with it. It obviously is better to come from a parent as like especially the first first part of it, definitely to sit down and go, you know, talk to your daughter about it and say that you're here for them and that you want to discuss this part of it. Do you have any questions? I'll answer the best way that I can. But I think that being honest about what you Mm. know factually and then say, but I don't know the rest. Let's go get some help from somebody else or let's go and do this together. Yeah, together. Like I'm, I'm here with you. I want to join with you to help you, mm, you know. That's a great in the hope that, idea. Yeah. Well, that, that's in the hope that then they can go and do that for their daughter or, or for whoever they need to pass it on to.
0: Totally. I think that's so beautiful because it's very humbling for students and children, I can imagine, or teens and tweens, they don't like being called kids, do they? Um, that that it's humbling for them to go, okay, wow, actually I'm learning this and my parent is learning this at the same time. So we actually have the same knowledge, Mm -hmm. even though Mm they can decades difference in age. Mm -hmm. That's super, super humbling. And I feel that with parents, they can feel really embarrassed that they don't know and they can Mm. sometimes feel a little bit like a failure that they don't know how to teach their child. So Mm -hmm. I'd I'd love for you to share, B. how did you teach Mika? Like how did you open up the conversations and was there any tricks or tips that you have around that? It just,
1: I think it just progressed as we talked as she grew up. We've, we like I said to you, we talked, we've talked about every single detail of every everything to the reason why we eat certain food, to the nutritional value to it, and why we would choose that over this, etc. And that was just the next part of it. You know, we started with probably you know shaving the legs and then the eyebrows. So it just progresses into the next parts of conversations and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, okay, that is. If you're listening to this, this is the gold yeah.
0: nugget. The gold <laughs> nugget is this. It's not about having the talk. No. It's about talking.
1: Exactly. We, yeah. I think we had the conversation at the kitchen bench. I think one afternoon after school um, we just started talking about it And that, But we do have open, very open conversation and trust in a very trusting relationship over a cup of tea, over making a smoothie, over making jats and cheese like walking on the beach you know it does, exactly yeah. it doesn't matter where you have it it's just being there being the listener and hopefully being able to give some knowledge but if you don't say hey it's okay to say hey but i can can i get back to you on that i need to find out some more or can we look up this when we get home yeah That's no you know, we need to stop having this ego that we need to know everything. A parent does, a parent doesn't, a teacher doesn't know everything. We have to go and ask other people about a lot mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. I've asked Gemma about a million things. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true that
0: you don't need to have and know all the answers,
1: mm. um,
0: especially because the menstrual cycle itself is so multifaceted, mm-hmm. and every new menstruator has so many different experiences. But mm-hmm. I love the fact that you talked about it's about being honest. I'll never forget with my ex, you know, who had two young daughters once, little quick story. Yeah. I, I was menstruating and we were going out for the day. Anyway, we went out for the day and the car battery died. And so yeah. the girls were going to we go to the toilet. So I took them to the toilet and I thought, of course I'm menstruating and I have to go yeah. to the toilet. And there was only one cubicle that was like a disabled cubicle yeah i had to go into the toilet with them and go to the toilet but i also had to change my menstrual cup yeah now these are young girls we're talking like Mm -hmm. six and eight at the time Mm -hmm. and i'm not their mother so it's not technically my place to kind of teach this stuff but i do feel it was my space to be open and transparent and answer Mm -hmm. questions if they came up so I'm in the toilet. I've got my period underwear on because who wants an accident with your (laughs) stepchildren, right, (laughs) whilst wearing a menstrual cup. And they're like, oh, mummy has undies like that. And what's that? And what does this mean? Are you bleeding? (laughs) Yeah, It's just really important in those moments to just be transparent. Mm -hmm. And if you can show transparency, they'll be able to show transparency in the way that they communicate back to you. And so I think that's the biggest thing I learned in that journey. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: if you're listening to this and you're not sure, I love how you mentioned, B, that this is about having a conversation anywhere because yeah. menstruation in the period is as common as picking your nose or as common as farting, as common exactly. as doing a shit.
1: <laughs> exactly. Ooh, literally.
0: Exactly. More than 50% of the world experience some kind of menstrual cycle. So mm. I think mm. just making it normalised is so important. All right, let's flip it. So we've just talked about parents and parents educating. Yeah. All right, what about kids? What about these young teens and tweens who are, about to menstruate or moving towards this phase like you know they've started budding in their boobs i call that the blossoming element yeah. they might get some underarm hair or they might start getting pubic hair or they might have a change where all of a sudden their body starts blossoming literally you might gain a little bit mm-hmm. of weight or you might get a little bit of acne you're like oh my god i don't want this if you're like me your duck take your your duck take yeah. your boobs down <laughs> thanks to the movie now and then where you we yeah. that, and um you can get really afraid and scared I was very very afraid to ask questions about anything what would you recommend to these young teens and tweens on if you're at this stage before you've got your period Mm -hmm. what how can you start this conversation or how can you reach out for help what questions could you ask
1: okay well the first thing you need to do is find a time that is appropriate for mom and dad like obviously don't don't stop them While they're on a hectic phone call or they've just got off a hectic phone call or whatever it is, you want to find a time where you can actually get their full attention. Make sure that they have nothing in front of them. Say, Mom or Dad, I really need to talk to you about something important. And make sure they're looking at you. Get the phone away, turn all the distractions off and say, I want to talk to you about my body. And by saying that straight away, they will stop. So I want to talk to you about my body. Okay, and then it's like a trigger point to a parent or a, or a guardian. You're like straight away going, oh, okay, yeah, definitely. Body? Will yeah, definitely. Cool, start. Yeah, we body, about okay, body. body. Yeah, <laughs> because then it's not too hard for them too. You're, you're building into the conversation. So I want to talk to you about my body. And even if you can't get to a parent and you may have a chance to talk to a teacher, you might have a very good person around you, a, a lovely mentor that's around that you do spend time with, someone that you care about. Definitely ask them if you can't speak to a parent. It could also be someone who you do outside of school activities with. It could be a coach, absolutely. It could
0: be a music teacher. Mm-hmm. It could be um, like your tutor, like like mm. anyone who's a parent. Um, mm. So that's really good. Most menstruators, like um, born women, would ask a woman this, right? But what mm. if? you don't have a woman um, like for whatever reason and you are really like you've got your father there would you recommend them asking their dad the same question
1: oh you can definitely ask dad the exact same question I want to talk about my body and hopefully that hopefully dad will say okay well I sort of don't know about that or whatever he's going to say or if he you know and he's going to gain help from someone else but mm-hmm. um yeah and, and you might have to ask a couple of people until you yeah. until you get the person that's ready to sit down and openly talk about it, and that's okay too. Yeah. But normally an adult will come back to you if, if you've asked about your body. Yeah,
0: totally. Tot- it's not something that they're going to turn, or, turn away really. No. I asked that question about um, asking a male or a father because everyone who's listening to this, if you're a young teen or tween, just think about this for a moment. You were born because of a menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. And so therefore the planning of conception or the planning of fertility and having a baby involves the menstrual cycle. And I feel today in today's world, more men and males and those who identify as males know more about the menstrual cycle than what they did 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. So if you feel really embarrassed talking about a girl thing to a male, just know that they probably once watched you come out of a vagina. Yeah. (laughs) So they're very, like, it's not like they don't know anything about it. They might not know as much as a a menstruator because they've never menstruated before. Mm. But maybe they can be like, hey, look, this is a great question. This is how much I know. Let me call Mm. your auntie Mm. and let her communicate more. And something I just thought about when I was younger, I, I definitely felt like I could talk to other adult women um yeah. as opposed to my mom I was a bit embarrassed talking to yeah. my mom yeah so if you've got a best friend and you really like your best friend's mom ask yeah best exactly mom is a really good one too yeah um, okay awesome for dads um, now what other kind of questions do you think we could answer to support these young teens and tweens if they're a little bit confused so when it comes to school is there any way that the school can support them um, if they have particular questions too
1: yeah definitely so you can ask your health teacher so your health and physical education teacher can easily help you that's actually our job Um, and your normal classroom teacher can absolutely help you or direct you in another way if you need to be we've got counsellors on site and psychologists Mm -hmm. and so we you can speak to any of these people also but within that group you will definitely get the information feel fully supported yeah yeah definitely
0: Now, for girls, young teens and tweens who are kind of maybe not yet menstruating but know that they're kind of approaching it, what would you recommend them do to make them feel supported at school before, you know, because if you're anything like me, I went to the school that you teach at. So (laughs) I remember, like, literally starting to menstruate at school and Mm -hmm. I was the tomboy who didn't even like wearing skirts and at the time it was, like, socks, high, skirts, long. Yeah. Yeah. And I was quite embarrassed that I didn't really know and I just went to sick bay and <laughs> literally got my nan to pick me up. Yeah. So I was really unprepared. What would yeah. you recommend to these young girls who know that some stage in the next maybe month, two months, year or two years that they might start menstruating, how can they feel really supported at school? Any tips you gave Mika?
1: Yeah, definitely talk to your friends around you and let them know because it's always nice to have that little back support of, in case that it does happen at school, you've got someone to walk behind you in your skirt. (laughs) and then we've also got you can speak to a female teacher generally there's a female teachers on board in that year level and it's really important that you could go and say to them this is how I'm feeling right now I need to talk to you about my body for a moment and let them know and then we can help them also we've also got the school nurse so we've we've got backup of everything that everyone needs at school and we need to and every Mm. single school does definitely within Queensland yeah that's fantastic to know
0: Now, when, did you give me, did Mika have like a period little pack that she took? Yes, she did. Um, I think period underwear changed that immensely. Even it's changed for me in the two days that I know that I'm about to bleed. I'm like, I wear period underwear. That makes me feel good. Let alone a girl being worried that she's never bled before.
1: Right. Yeah. (laughs) So what did you do? Yeah, that, well, I wish. My goodness, there's so many good things now. But um, mm-hmm. a definitely period underwear. She has various pairs of those. But she's got her own little period pack um, with bits and pieces in there that she feels like she needs. So she's got some pads and she's got some tampons in there, period undies, a spare pair of undies. Um, and then she'll go, you know, go forward with that. Um, really yeah. Does she wear period underwear before she starts
0: bleeding? Like... As an example of, you know, if she knows
1: her period's coming soon, would she wear period underwear to school just in case she starts bleeding? No, but that's what I'm definitely going to encourage her to do because we've got so many different varieties now. Right. Um, And and, yeah. And so I I personally do, like, I wear them a lot now. Um, Mm. And especially coming into obviously this menopausal stage in my life, I've definitely noticed that it's a really important. It's, oh, it's a great thing to have handy because you don't have to worry, worry as much about ever having an accident. So, um, not, no, but definitely Mika will shortly. Um, at the moment, I think, yeah, we just haven't got to that part where she feels like she needs to. And
0: that's great. That's really good. I always, you know, especially with girls who are quite young, like this seven, eight, nine age bracket. Mm-hmm is that, you know, wearing menstrual underwear, even as a backup whilst you're wearing a tampon Mm -hmm. or whilst you're wearing a menstrual cup, can be very supportive. So if you have no idea what this is, there is so many brands out there today. Um, I also have a couple of episodes on the show about how to use a menstrual cup, how to Mm -hmm. use period underwear, how do you find the right period underwear? So there's lots of resources out there where you can learn about this stuff. But I think having a pack that you can take to school is a really good idea. Yeah. now, for any of the girls, the young teens and tweens who are listening to this who are already menstruating, so I've just gone through like the ones who aren't yet and the ones who are now, if they're already menstruating and they have concerns about their menstruation, you know, how could they approach that with
1: a parent or a, a school nurse or a teacher they feel close to? Um, it, the, the same way you want to go up and you want to speak to that person about your body, and so using that sentence straight away, grab their time. Say, I "It won't take very long," but obviously, do it where you feel comfortable about mm. you know asking the question. Yeah, yeah. that's, so,
0: that's
1: y- such a great line. Oh, that,
0: <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> how come well, I didn't know that when I was a yeah, kid?
1: Yeah. Oh well, it's and it's all about the right questioning for kids these days. Well, for teenagers, for tweens. It is very much about giving them a statement that's going to stop the adult from doing what they're doing. Yeah, And it's, yep. you know, it's it's a comfortable statement
0: to make. Yeah, it really is. I need to talk, you know, talk to you about my body or I want to. I need or I want mm-hmm. either way, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It's, it's doesn't fantastic. Matter. Yeah. Now, I, I just want to throw in there that any um, I've talked about this in a lot of different episodes, but. If you're menstruating already as a teen and tween, just know that you're going through transitions. And so it might not be the same all the time. You might not fully understand it, but reach out to someone who might be able to teach you a little bit more about it. And there's so many great free resources. Now, um, are there any big questions that like Mika had, or you've heard from, you know, young menstruators at school that are common, like common questions that parents could be like, okay, this is a common question. I should become educated about this particular answer.
1: Well, I suppose the biggest one for them and being a tween is when am I getting my periods? Mm. And because they all, you know, once one gets one, they all assume that they aren't going to be far away. But then if you're the first one in the group to get it, then you feel like you're a bit different to everybody else. You feel like you're changing so much. So I think that's everything happens when it's meant to happen. And I think that patience in being being a tween is really important um, and and just enjoy the process enjoy being who you are enjoy growing I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing
0: I'm absolutely loving this <laughs> conversation Thank
1: you. I wanted to have Thank this conversation
0: you. with like a parent and someone who I love anyway but like for yeah. a long time but I think that it could go in so many directions and we could spend so much more time talking about it oh,
1: yeah easily
0: um I'd love to kind of semi wrap up on I guess just the aspect of, and I just lost my train of thought because I had a really good question in my mind and now it's escaped me, but when it comes to cycle tracking, Hmm. does Mika cycle track,
1: not that I'm aware of. Okay. And that's, that's no. okay. That, that's, that, like, that's totally I think fine. because I, I don't think because her cycle is actually in a routine yet. And that's obviously another thing that happens mm-hmm. for twins is that it's not, it's up and down. And so at the moment, we're very much working on a very, uh, we're about a, a week apart, we were, um, so we're sort of around that time. I get I know when she's sort of coming in to ready to go you can with sense it, it. You know, the first day of bleeding because we've gone <sighs> um, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's I okay.
0: I always, <laughs> find, I always find it really funny when parents are like, oh, she's in that premenstrual. Ah. Let's just stop
1: the, exactly. the labeling of that
0: because, your, your child's body is learning to mm-hmm. embrace. It's like mm-hmm. learning to go through labor for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be beautiful and pretty. Yep. Yep. And it's very much like learning anything. It can be challenging and it can be confronting and very frustrating. So Ooh. it's really important to be able to support our future menstruators as they begin this menstrual phase to let them know that like, hey, how you feel is actually quite normal. And yeah. that first year, if not sometimes even two years, of patterning your, with your menstrual cycle is quite mm-hmm. common. Mm. And I love that you shared that that's where Meek is at currently because there's a lot of stigma that, like, once it arrives, it needs to be perfect and it needs to what? be on time every time. Now, a natural cycle is not on time every time.
1: No.
0: I love that the current, basically the current teens and mm. twins who are beginning to menstruate might not be the generation that's just put on the pill straight away like my generation was. Yeah, so
1: exactly. And me going,
0: too. <laughs> right? We're going to explore... This Mm. transitional phase in a better way. And I want you to think about as a parent, especially if you're a mother listening to this, after you've given birth and then you have gone through the fourth trimester and you've finished breastfeeding and you're no longer lactating, your body starts to repattern back into a menstrual cycle. It takes time. And sometimes those periods after you've given birth, those menstruations after you've given birth are very erratic. And so it might not fall into a natural flow. That same rhythm is very similar to when you go through menarche, that first menstruation and transition to menstruating. So allow, teach your daughters to be able to surrender and support them in allowing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest thing also is for them is when they are feeling like um, they're about to get their periods, they can say to you, I feel angry at the moment or I yes. feel hot or I feel and this is what very much I get Mika to talk to me about is every type of feeling, I want you to actually identify it with a word. Don't just go, ah, you know, which is really hard for a teen to do because really? that's all they do. But at the same time, if they can identify with a word, it's so much easier as a parent to say, okay, well, I can help you with that.
0: Yep, use your words. You know. Yeah. And if you don't know how to describe it and articulate it, be like, I feel a little bit like this and a little bit like this, and I don't know what yeah. the word is. Yeah. 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 You know, describe exactly. that. And I think the way that we can actually instill that in our children moving forward is as parents and as adults doing that ourselves. Yeah. So something I do with my partner is like, hey, how are you feeling? How are you checking in today? Yeah. Even though yeah. he's a male and I would ask myself that question as a menstruator, yeah. it's just yeah. as important. And if you do that in your home environment, mm-hmm your kids will naturally grow up doing that and naturally checking in with themselves and it will feel normal for them to be able to communicate. So if you're listening to this and you've only got young kids that are nowhere near these menstrual years yet start now. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like trying to get your kids to eat healthy and you don't eat healthy. Like you have to be the one that eats healthy. You're the mirror.
1: You're the role model. So (laughs) if you want your kids to talk, you need to speak to them too. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Oh my God. I've absolutely loved this
0: conversation. Wrap up question because we could just keep going on forever and we just don't have forever. Um, (laughs) What are three tips that you would give to a parent in supporting their young menstruators, whether it's a father or a mother or even um, a guardian? Mm -hmm. What three tips would you give to them in how they
1: can support their teens and tweens? Okay, so number one, start talking about their bodies, about every single part of their bodies now. So from today, talk about how are you feeling today? How did your body feel today? Um, and begin those discussions, even around posture, if you need to begin with something. Um, number two would be um, sit down and ask them about their body, if, they, if they're if they aware of it, what's happening as their body's changing. And then also, are uh, well, the two main things? Do I have but, that three?
0: There's so many. I think... I think... The third one I if you want help with a third one, yeah, would be normalizing the conversation and communication oh, about that. Like, and I'm sure you do this already, right? But you oh, probably don't yeah. even realize that you're doing it. Well, you do now that I'll tell you, but is that you know, if you're feeling a little bit irritated because you're about to like you're about to menstruate, is like them going like, Oh, you're so frustrating today, mom. And you're like, Yeah, Ooh. actually I'm about to menstruate. And so my mm-hmm. body, my body's feeling a little bit irritated It's torments exactly. are changing. Exactly doing that is allowing the I guess just general conversations from day to day about it and I would love for kids to be able to grow up knowing that it's normal to see a yoni egg in the bathroom or beside a bed and yeah. to see a menstrual cup you know um, as opposed to being like oh what's this Yuck! get it away I don't want to see it yeah um, you know my partner will pick up my menstrual cup and be just like how do you put this in like yeah. I can't (laughs) fold it properly. I was like, that's because you're not using it, I'm using it. So imagine if our kids did that and how can we invoke their um, curiosity? Yeah, definitely. And
1: that's exactly what I try to do as often as possible with my son. He has lived in a household most of his life with just two females. Mm -hmm. So I've tried to make sure that he understands the female body so it's best for him and for his wife or partner or whatever he chooses forward he I is you know filled with knowledge amazing like my brothers hate that I used to talk about this yeah. at the dinner table
0: <laughs> like I'd be out at, at a family dinner and you know they're like oh you're really quiet tonight Jim. I'm like yeah I know I'm menstruating I'm on day two and they're like
1: oh god really I'm eating a taco it's
0: dinner yeah god and like the funniest part is we'd be in a restaurant I'd always mention it a little bit louder than needed um but really? know, norm- yeah like normalizing these conversations is so important and just remember sure we is. all come from a womb we all come mm-hmm. from a menstruation mm-hmm. cycle of some form so beautiful all right there is one cool. more final podcast question but before we go there hey, i love you i love that we've done this Ooh.
1: tell everybody
0: Ooh. how they can find you because i'm sure they're like okay what kind of because you have so many great tips for mothers where can they find you
1: um hit me up on instagram would probably be the easiest because that's going to link over to everything so it's belinda.n.x um if you're unsure just google my name belinda norton and stuff will come up my website's on the top there and plus my books and details also amazing i will be <laughs> popping
0: all of those links in the show notes so that they ah, can find you you woman. also find belinda on my instagram too oh, i've loved this i've Yay. loved this too I really, I could just chat with you all day, which I already knew. Oh, we, can, we, we, we do all the time. But <laughs> final question. I ask every okay. podcast guest this question, and it's kind of similar to what we've been talking about for a change because it's never similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to think back to your first menstruation when you mm-hmm. got your period for the first time. What are mm-hmm. three things you wish you knew then that you now know today?
1: Well, I wish that I understood that I was okay that um, I wasn't dirty and disgusting and different to my brothers. I also wish that I knew more about it, what was happening to my body, that there would be pain involved um, and that I wish I had other people that I could talk to about it Mm. as much as possible. I think there are three main things. Mm. yeah you do yeah you feel really alone as some people do feel alone I think we're so lucky now especially to have you so (laughs) fortunate that
0: so many people are just having these types of conversations Mm. that's why I keep just driving home that everybody exists because of a menstrual Mm -hmm. cycle so even if you feel alone you're actually never really alone and any question you feel like you want to ask I can guarantee one of your friends wants to ask that question too so be the vulnerable one and be like, hey, have you ever thought about this? Exactly. And I think that's a really good open. Like, have you ever thought about this or have you ever yeah. thought about that? And start the conversation that way. Yeah. Um, oh, Belinda, thank you, be Thank you. you so Absolutely much. Love you to death. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women Podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects in themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So, together we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at Wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember
1: body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.